Purple. Stuff hard. Purple. Stuff hard. Purple. Stuff hard. So what's the over-under that you'll be watching the Super Bowl this year, Matt? You know, I actually do get into the Super Bowl, surprising as it may be. Really? It's the one football game a year I watch, but yes, I like it usually. Actually, though, that's not true because we haven't hung out in a while, and it's because you've been glued to the TV watching the NFL playoffs. Oh, man, it's true. (laughs) That last game between that team and the other team, yeah. And how that team won. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we all know you don't watch football. Nah. But you'll definitely watch the Super Bowl because we're in that boring part of the year where it's all cold and there's nothing to do and we have nothing to look forward to. But watching this damn football game with these incredible commercials is all we have right now. The only reason I've kind of got into watching the game itself is because I'm only there for the commercials every year. And the snacks. And the snacks, yes. It is uh, <laughs> lots of wing eating and whatnot. What's the Super Bowl without the snacks and the commercials? So I know like we're both trying to not eat garbage anymore, but is it going to be like a Doritos Fest for one night only? I have to say I'm going to try to do my best to even make the snacks fairly healthy. But recently, I could reveal, I didn't fall off the wagon or anything, Uh but I did break into a bag of the Buffalo Ranch Doritos that came out. Oh, man. I kind of just had to taste them. But really, I don't miss them as much as I thought I did, like Doritos in general. Oh, God, Jay, I do. I feel like I just (laughs) went through a fucking breakup. Like, I'm just (laughs) sitting here every night kind of like... Hand under chin, staring at the wall, wondering when this is going to fucking pass. Valentine's Day is coming up, so I think you should start doing your arts and crafts thing. <laughs> and You could send a nice homemade Valentine to Doritos, uh, and maybe you can get Doritos back in your life. I love that idea. I am so going to do that idea. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go crazy, but I'll try to make the snacks pretty healthy this time around. Yeah. So, what's the uh, theme of tonight's show, Jay? Super Bowl commercials. From yesteryear. (laughs) Yeah, and and also from the modern day. Ones that stick out in our minds as being the best. Yeah, well, I mean, in my case, I didn't just pick the ones that were my favorites. I just Mm -hmm. picked the ones that I thought were the most interesting. Yeah, the ones that are memorable, the ones that we've discussed over the years. And I will volunteer to go first. Okay, then. All right, here we go. Number one. Hi, I just moved in next door, and I was wondering, could I borrow a Diet Pepsi? Diet Pepsi? Sure. Come in. Don't move. Yes. When I was a kid, Michael J. Fox was my idol, Matt. He was, was he? Yeah. He was one of the biggest stars on TV and in the movies. Obviously, he had family ties and Back to the Future and everything else. But one thing that gets overlooked is that he was in a series of Pepsi commercials. A very long series. This one specifically was Diet Pepsi, and it was called Apartment 10G. It's from 1987. Famous, famous Super Bowl commercial. It wasn't just like that MF was guzzling down 
Diet Pepsi making wisecracks about Doc Brown or wolfing out like Teen Wolf. That was your obvious route. It's yeah. like, let's put Michael J. Fox in a commercial and make him do things that have to do with the big famous movies he's done. Now, this was a completely original, almost like a mini movie in a way. It did feel like a trailer for a longer movie wherein he has mm -hmm. to chase down Pepsi. Yeah. And, you know, this one in particular was always one that I wanted to like live in. I wanted to be in this world. Even like now I want to be in it 30 years later. But. Yeah. So Michael J. Fox, he's in his apartment, 1987. And then this like the sexy type of horn music plays in the background. <laughs> and then like out of out of nowhere, then his neighbor who's this young, vivacious Gail O'Grady, yeah. total 80s hottie at that point, knocks on the door and then just like lets herself in without even being asked. Now, could you imagine if someone did that to you? Like, just like you didn't even say come in. They just walked in. Like, I don't even open my door. Please. Yeah, I'm, I'm having enough trouble just picturing somebody knocking on the door. Like, <laughs> let's stop there. Yeah, you're Baby steps. in the bathroom at that point. Holy you know? shit. <laughs> yeah. But he's all for it because, like you said... <laughs> She's an attractive lady, and she's dressed like she's about to go to the grand ball. Dressed to the nines, yeah. as it were. Yeah. So she walks in, and she asks him if she can borrow a Diet Pepsi. And that's where I stop for a second, because mm. I'm like, what kind of verbiage is that? Like, we, we are in agreement here. Is she going to regurgitate the liquid back into the can and give it back to him later? <laughs> you don't borrow a Diet Pepsi unless you're doing some kind of still life painting. <laughs> so, of course, Michael J. Fox gets all excited and he jumps up in the air, and does that like 80s, like, yes, you know. Yeah. And so he's got this beautiful woman in the apartment and he runs to the fridge only to find out that he's out of Diet Pepsi. But this idiot put back an empty two liter bottle back into the fridge. Like, who does that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, but I agree. Generally, you don't. <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah. that. So she's getting anxious. She's like, I want my Diet Pepsi. And meanwhile, he's already snuck out the window and down the fire escape. <laughs> in the rain. In the pouring rain to the local soda machine. Thank God there was a soda machine like right outside. Yeah, right across the street in the middle of nothing, surrounded by what were they, bikers? He has to like go through traffic. He almost gets hit by a car. He's jumping on top of the vehicles in this traffic. He almost gets mauled by a dog. And he sees a motorcycle gang, right? And yeah. they all have Diet Pepsis in their hand, meaning like, uh-oh, they took all the Diet Pepsis from the soda machine. But he gets there, and then he actually gets one, and he's back up the fire escape, and you hear a loud crash. So he obviously had to crash back through the window yep. because window closed and locked on him. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, so this guy can't get a break. And she's, like, really worried about him. He's got the Coke, you know, it gives it to her. She's happy. Pepsi, not Coke. I'm Please, sorry. Let's, let's give credit where it's due. <laughs> Coke. Pepsi's rolling over in its grave. <laughs> Thank you. So he delivers it. She's like happy for a second, but then there's another knock on the door. And she's like, oh, it must be my friend Danny. Danny? So, you yeah, didn't like, tell me. He's like losing his mind because he's like, oh, no. She's got a male roommate named Danny. Yep. And he's all pissed because he thinks he lost his chance. And then one thing leads to another. And this like uh, another beautiful woman walks in and it's Danielle, her roommate. And now he's got two girls. But then she's like, well, I want to die at Pepsi, too. <laughs> and so the best part of the whole commercial is the fact that they end on a freeze frame and he's like, sure, like, I'll get you one. And they end on this freeze frame where he's like, <laughs> he's like pointing up in the air. And it, it's like the choice of a new generation. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest freeze frame ever. Because nowadays when people watch commercials or anything, and there's a freeze frame. It's it's a parody of like 70s and 80s stuff. Right. But this was an actual freeze frame from the 80s. It wasn't a parody. This it was, was a trend-setting freeze frame. This exactly. is the one that got it rolling, that whole movement. Yes. So I don't know about you, but I am going to make sure that my fridge from now on is fully stocked with the choice of a new generation. Man, Diet Pepsi is not one of my favorites, so I'm going to pass... It's not one of my favorites either, but if Gail O'Grady stops by, I will still... Let her in, and I need to make sure that I have some Diet Pepsi. Well, I'm not surprised, because the funniest thing about this commercial is that it totally feels like a day in your life. 
<laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> like this is so like a situation you would find yourself in, and it's exactly how you would handle it. <laughs> Here's your diet Pepsi. That must be my roommate, Danny. Danny. Hi, I'm Danielle. You got another diet Pepsi? Sure. Number two. For the kickoff of Bud Bowl One, Bud has won the toss. They'll receive. Turn out their light. Let's kick some Bud. And we're underway. Bud takes it at the 18. Hands off to Bud. He's at the 25, 30. Tear away label. He's looking for daylight. Make that Bud light. Move your Bud. Oh, we've got a real brouhaha. The cans are going wild. I'm out on the field. Stay tuned. We'll be back. So my first pick is the Bud Bowl. Yeah, my God, I loved the Bud Bowl. Yeah, who didn't? Started in 1989, lasted through, I think, like half of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I would say like mid to late 90s, yeah. Yeah, so Budweiser would do these spots every Super Bowl starring these stop-motion beer bottles who would have <laughs> their own football game during the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And you had a team full of Budweiser bottles, a team full of Bud Light bottles, and they kind of like just took turns winning every year. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, that was the one thing that ever got me to watch the Super Bowl. Can you relate? Because I, mm -hmm. I mentioned this online and I feel like I only ever get pity likes. If my team wasn't in the Super Bowl that year, I was just like, no, I'm just waiting for the Bud Bowl. And I would say that to my friends. Back then, that was punk. That was counterculture to say that because you can't say to <laughs> you can't say to your friends who all love sports and football, you're like, nah, I don't care about the game. I just want to see the Bud Bowl. They think you're a complete dork. Like you're a total shithead well, for saying such a thing, you know? You're half right. They do think you're a total dork and a total shithead, but you can actually do it because I did. Yes, yeah. So we oh. were cut we were cut from the same cloth, yeah. but it's amazing how things pan out though, because Nowadays, the Bud Bowl is looked at as just like a novelty. But back then, it was so monumental. Oh, please. Like, I used to go to my best friend's house. He lived across the street. And it was him, his brothers, and their father. They're all super, super into football. Mm -hmm. And I'm just there, like, pretending that I'm not only there to watch the Bud Bowl. <laughs> and his father's getting so mad because, like, we're all cheering like crazy during the Bud Bowl commercials. And we're just, like, making such a scene. I just remember, like, real sports fans back then, they didn't even care about the commercials. They're like, what, why are you even watching this? Who cares about the Bud Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember, I, I know they did it the first year, I'm assuming they did it again, how they used to give out those scorecards yes. in the supermarkets at the little standees? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a sweepstakes, but that wasn't the fun part. The fun part was that you got to, like, write things during the Bud Bowl commercials. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's a that's a three for Bud Light. <laughs> and that was the thing. You watched throughout the whole Super Bowl, and it kept coming on. They had, like, their own quarters. It wasn't just, like, one commercial. It no, was I think like they did, like, four. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you had to sit out the whole freaking game. Like, like <laughs> I, just imagine, I'm, like, you know, eight, nine. I fucking hate football at this point. And I'm sitting there for four hours just to watch a couple of stop-motion beer bottles clank. <laughs> the cans were in the audience i think and the bottles were on the field yep and the first one budweiser won yeah right? i think they won the first two and then finally yeah i mean i don't have the records in front of me I, I don't know if you do but it was basically like more or less they traded wins budweiser has just recently dropped to being the fourth top selling beer in the country really meanwhile yeah meanwhile bud light is number one <gasps> so what's two and three coors light is number two and miller light is number three so it's i guess it's kind of a bummer to even think about having like a new bud bowl <laughs> because bud light would <laughs> win every time <laughs> yeah it's, i mean then again that doesn't sound like it's all that different from what we're dealing with in the real games <laughs> yes <laughs> And n neither of us really drink beer, so... <laughs> well, and if we do, it's it's not this one. I think we should have a bowl, but with, like, Patron. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then maybe another tequila. Yeah. I just had a bowl. No tequila in it, though. <laughs> the kick is off. Storm! 
playbook finish. Budweiser 27, Bud Light 24. Wait till next year. Number three. Of all the cars that come out each year, only one can be the Motor Trend car of the year. For 1988, that one is this one. The hot new Pontiac Grand Prix. Grand Prix, Motor Trend's Car of the Year. You've got to drive it. So for my second selection, it's not one commercial, but sort of a series of ads that started to air during the Super Bowl 1988 mm-hmm. for the Pontiac brand of cars. Okay. So picture this, right? You got this guy, uh, and it's called Only One. That's that's one of the commercials. Okay. Right? So show this dude in a leather jacket and a scarf, and he's putting on his aviator sunglasses, and uh, he's about to get into his car. But it's almost like as if Maverick is hopping into his F fourteen. Oh, now, yes, yes. But now I remember this. Meanwhile, this rock song is playing, and just like, get in your Pontiac and drive. And oh like, yes, the fucking song. Get on your Pontiac and ride. <laughs> Ride, Pontiac, ride. <laughs> so I used to sing this song over and over. I used to just like totally go crazy. And I always comment, this voiceover guy, he's so amazing to me. He's like the greatest voiceover guy ever. If, if I could have a guy voice over my life, it would be this guy. Like his voice is like the vocal equivalent of cement. He is unbelievable. I Un- clearly remember this jingle and it was like it yeah. should have been on the radio. These commercials, you might look at them now. I mean, people might say, oh, it's lame, you know, it's so, so old. But see, back then, by the end of those commercials, it was like the guy was just like, buy me now. Yeah. They could have been selling me a Dodge Neon and I would have been like, OK, I get where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> Dodge Neon. That's actually one on one from my list. Um, but the, I mean, the thing that you're mentioning is that when these commercials were on, we were kids. We yeah. are not prone to pay much attention to car commercials. Right. So for one to grab our attention. Yeah. The hot new Pontiac Grand Prix. You've got to drive it. So like I'm already I'm sold. Yeah. Souls and a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that that sold me these cars, aside from the song and the visuals and the voiceover guy and all that stuff, is their tagline, okay? We build excitement. Now, anytime I hear the word Pontiac, I think of we build excitement, right? Yeah. Like, and we we're so spoiled because companies still had such amazingly memorable taglines and jingles that I still associate Pontiac with we build excitement. And to think that Pontiac is defunct, it doesn't even exist anymore, but I still hear we build excitement. We build excitement. <laughs> wow, I actually didn't know that Pontiac was gone. Yeah, and and the only real Pontiac I know, except for old cars, is the Pontiac Silverdome, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And the Pontiac Silverdome was imploded, so Pontiac is not having any good fortune at all. Don't name your kids Pontiac. Yeah. And then the second ad for the Pontiac was, if you like to drive, really like to drive, this is what your next car should be. God, you really should be doing car commercial VOJ. For Purple Stuff listeners, just to kind of correlate this to something else we've discussed on the show, the game Crossfire. Yeah. And it had that metal song, you've been caught up in the crossfire. Very similar. Very similar. Like, you could sell me on anything if you just put an 80s schlock rock song in it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, now that you mentioned, you were talking about how the, the last thing we were talking about gets parodied a lot, your Diet Pepsi flash frame thing. Yeah. This is another thing. Like, how many parody 80 commercials oh have you seen that do these kind of songs? I found that there's a full version of this theme song from 1988, and it's two minutes and 31 seconds. But I would be totally okay if at the end of my life, the last two minutes and 31 seconds of my living years, that I get played out with the ride, Pontiac, ride! <laughs> Your eyes finally close during the fade out. Pontiac Ride! Pontiac Ride! Pontiac Ride! 
number four. Is it Van Halen? Yes. Okay. Hard A, like Van Halen. (laughs) Stop. Scored by Van Halen's right now. That was the kickoff commercial for Crystal Pepsi. Oh, man. From the 1993 Super Bowl, which I think was, what was that, Super Bowl VII? Oh, jeez, I'm bad with Roman numerals. Yeah, me too. I only know it if it's WrestleMania. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, but holy shit, that commercial, no matter what you thought of it, it was a big deal. Big, huge deal. Very huge. Everyone jokes about Crystal Pepsi's original run, but I think the part that makes it funny is that Pepsi made such an enormous production out of this. If people were making fun of it, I don't remember that because I just remember everyone talking about Crystal Pepsi. Like, it may not have turned out the way they wanted it to, but it totally got everyone talking. No, you're right. At first, like, when it first debuted and before it even debuted, it was, like, the hottest shit in the world. Yeah. And I have to imagine that this insane commercial was part of the reason why. Absolutely. A big, huge anthem from Van Halen. (laughs) <laughs> all these like weird images have nothing to do with soda and all these like weird fr- it was almost like cloverfield sort of marketing right now yeah. the future is one step ahead of you right now nature's inventing better stuff than science like what the fuck are- it's fucking soda like this is totally <laughs> new territory for a soda commercial when you hear that van halen song right now to me it's like oh that's the crystal pepsi song oh, totally <laughs> totally because they, they totally sold out to do that and I think the issue that I've always had with that version of Van Halen with with Sammy Hagar, to me, the Van Hagar era is like, you know how like Nickelback is the butt of jokes? Well, to me, Van Hagar was my Nickelback growing up. My you God, know, there's so many Greek words in those sentences. <laughs> so it was just like safe corporate rock music that was like used in commercials and and it was like on light fm and the dentist it was just not like i got to the point i'm like this is not hardcore enough for me anymore you know well i'm sure that really bugged sammy hagar when he was shitting on a pile (laughs) of million dollar bills yeah they made so much money but it just was lacking any balls whatsoever and it's weird i have nothing against hagar and like i love his solo stuff but just that that music (laughs) I think it's just fine, and in their position, I would have done the same thing. It just makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little. Oh, come on. I mean, mean, you mentioned that the song makes you think of Crystal Pepsi, so how could you not enjoy a song that's just guaranteeing you three to four minutes worth of Crystal Pepsi memories? (laughs) I don't need the memories. Oh, I know. You You got to leave leave the memories alone, like Rick Fucking Kylo Ren over here. (laughs) <laughs> Free Crystal Pepsi when you buy two medium one-topping pizzas for only eleven ninety-nine at Pizza Hut. Number five. This selection is a Volkswagen commercial. So, I mean, I just did a car commercial, but I'm going to do another one. Yeah, and in your defense, this is barely a car commercial. Yeah, it's more of a Star Wars commercial. It's entitled The Force, and it came out in 2011. It was definitely associated with the Super Bowl, because I remember watching this one. And now, it's like to look at it, say it's 2011, I'm like, man, it's already how many years ago? And it, still, it feels so current. I know, it feels like it was only a couple of years ago. So it's a little kid dressed as Darth Vader 
And he's like in an official Star Wars costume, by the it's way. It's a pretty damn good costume. It's a great costume. The little kid walking through the hallway, you hear the Imperial March playing. He's trying to force push everything. Like he's trying to force push an exercise bike, his dog, a, a baby doll. And he's trying so hard. And you could just see how dejected and exasperated he's becoming. Yeah, because it's not working. It's just not working. It's just nothing's happening. Yeah. These things aren't moving. And it's just so realistic because any kid who is or was a Star Wars fan at one time has tried to force push or grab something with the force. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't believe a person if they're going to tell me they never tried. Please, like you've never convinced yourself that you made a traffic light change by doing one of those Luke on Hoth eye roll things. <laughs> you will change to green. <laughs> you will. I don't see yeah. that yellow on the side. I know where you yeah. have to turn right now. <laughs> and like maybe nobody was looking and you tried to like force push your pencil or something. We've all done it. So. In this commercial, this kid's trying to grab his sandwich from his mother that she just made for him. And, like, she just pushes it toward him. And, like, he's just, like, he's lost. He's, like, he's, punching his helmet. Yeah, he's just giving up yeah. on life at that point. I mean, but, he invested all that money into that costume. <laughs> I just love that his Vader mask is an adult Vader mask. And it look, he looks like Dark Helmet at some points. It totally <laughs> does. In the end, he goes outside because his father comes home from work or whatever, and the father rolls up in his Volkswagen Passat, and the kid tries to move the car with the force. But the father goes inside, and he's watching him from inside and uses his key fob. Key, that's a great way to yeah, – key fob. Yeah. So he, like, locks his door with the key fob, but the kid, meanwhile, is, like, force pushing the car, and the, it lights up and, like, makes a sound. Makes and. Yeah, and the kid thinks that he did something, and he, the kid's, like, losing his mind. He's flabbergasted. He's looking inside to see if his parents saw what he did. And to me, that's the coolest part, that his dad made the kid feel like he did some sort of magic. And thank God for dads who do stuff like that. It's kind of like in a Christmas story when, when the dad gives the Red Rider BB gun. It's like those magical type of moments. Yeah, I'm with you. But, I mean, let's... Let's not overstate the case. He didn't erect a statue. He pushed a button on his key fob. <laughs> it is legitimately like one of the cutest commercials I've ever seen. It's the most simplistic thing in the world. And he's trying to use the force. And, he, and it worked. <laughs> it's so great. Meanwhile, it's like the commercial has to go to its end tag before you even realize that it's a it's car commercial. Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. Gar <laughs> Volkswagen. Yeah, you forgot this wasn't an actual Star Wars commercial. Yeah, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is it? Volkswagen? It's I've just been watching Darth Vader and hearing the yeah. Imperial March for half a minute. Yeah, it's like, ha ha, you thought this was for the next Star Wars movie. <laughs> Gotta say, though, you can't say that uh, Volkswagen didn't raise an esteem in your head. Oh, yeah, it, it totally did. And again, I can't say I... if every single thing that breaks in that car has to be special ordered. <laughs> I speak from experience. Oh, yeah. it's a Volkswagen. That's going to be two weeks and two thousand dollars. They should have ended the commercial with what a hunk of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Might not look like much kid, but she's got it where it counts. <laughs> Number six. Puppy monkey baby. 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 Mountain Dew Kickstart. Dew juice. Caffeine. Puppy Monkey Baby. From 2016, that was Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> <laughs> the Puppy psycho Monkey. mascot of Mountain Dew Kickstart. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to be on social media at the exact moment that this yeah. commercial premiered, and people lost their yeah. shit. Like, they just it was on crazy. there, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just to explain what it is, if someone hasn't seen it, because I know you're not really getting a picture from the audio... You got these dudes just lazily chilling out, and then out of nowhere, this fucking mutant runs in. It's this, like, <laughs> creature with human baby legs, a monkey torso, and a puppy's head. 
Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> so he gives them Mountain Dew Kickstart, which apparently is still loaded with caffeine that they go out after all, but that's not the point. The point is that you have this 30 seconds with this monster just all up in your face. Yeah, but he's like licking him and whatnot. Oh, yeah, it's really disturbing. I mean, it's obviously it's, one of those like weird for weirdness's sake commercials. That's so accurate. And I'm glad you said that because I was really under the impression that you were going to just say how fantastic it is. But no, you really hit the nail on the head. It's totally weird. Well, I mean, I think it could be both. Uh, I, <laughs> I know that it was, a, it was a divisive campaign, but mm-hmm. I thought it was good. It actually pissed people off. Like, it agitated people. Honestly, I think it was more because of the song that they found annoying, less so much about the visuals and what was going on. I just think the Pumpy Bunky Baby thing was kind of pissing people off. Uh, they were just posturing. Everybody loved it. Everyone was saying it. Everyone was drawing little pictures of Puppy Monkey Baby <laughs> in pen on a cocktail napkin at the bar. <laughs> or on their, like, marble notebook. On their marble no- or on yeah. their Bud Bowl scorecard. <laughs> like, what do I do with this Bud Bowl scorecard now that they don't do the Bud Bowl anymore? <laughs> <laughs> just fold it and keep it in your wallet next to a picture of your dead great-great-grandfather. So, I mean, I think this commercial, like we're kind of hinting at here, is a good example of how the rise of social media has influenced Super Bowl commercials that are just like now getting just completely out there on purpose, where it's not really like the point is to not make a point, basically. It's to get a pop from the audience on social media. Well, it's just to get people talking, and it's it's not about so much being objectively or, or technically good. It's just more about being interesting. Yeah. And a fucking human baby-legged dog-faced creature is interesting. (laughs) Dog-faced gremlin. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. I felt like it creeped me out because of one factor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, they merged these two animals. Three. No, no. They merged two animals with the human. Okay, if you want to put it that way. And I didn't like that they merged the human baby with the animals. I think that's the weird part of it, right? So my thing is that if you merged three animals i think i would have liked it better if you merge three animals like right now yeah if you, off the top of your head what would be three animals that you would merge that you think make like a whimsical character for a commercial a sock an owl and a toitle wait what was the first one a sock an owl what? and a toitle what's a sock a shark oh, sure. <laughs> i think you said a sock a sock oh an owl okay and a turtle Okay, see, that's interesting. I, I think I don't disagree. See, I would probably do a kangaroo, a kinkajou, and a sloth. Those are my three favorite animals. What the hell is a kinkajou? Well, that's what Google is for. Oh, hold on a <laughs> that, second. That's, that's a rabbit hole for you. Kinkajou. Oh, my God. They are the <laughs> cutest rats I've ever seen. Don't they look like... Tatooine chinchillas. I just want to hug one right now. Oh my god, they're like frog bat monkeys. <laughs> I just want to like eat grapes with them. Let's have Is that what they grapes. eat? Could we make them cuter? Do they eat grapes? Is that their exclusive food stuff? No, they like they like fruit though. I know that. Oh, like, they sure, look, I yeah. think they probably will eat anything I give them though. Yeah, they, they need all those vitamins for this uh, apparently amazing eyesight. Did you see the size of their black eyeballs? <laughs> But what I'm saying is, I think we could do without, like, crossing the animals over with a poor baby. Puppy. Monkey. Baby. Puppy monkey 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 baby. Number seven. This is my fourth pick, and I feel like it's my seventh or eighth at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But I've had my reservations in the past, uh, as I've discussed here on the show and elsewhere, about Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. But not Thanksgiving the holiday. It's just I was never into the food. And as I've gotten older, I've really turned the corner. 
on, on the whole food thing. Uh, but yeah. the parade, the Thanksgiving parade has always been something that I've always been glued to every year. I've never been a, uh, you know, a stranger about that. I've always loved the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Of course. And I know, obviously, I know you're a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And this is a Coca-Cola commercial from 2008. And it takes place at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's about three balloons floating around New York City. Yeah. Underdog, a Coca-Cola bottle, and Stewie from Family Guy. Right. Uh, And they're both floating around basically in a battle to grab this bottle of Coke. So I remember when this aired during that year's Super Bowl, and I walked back into the room just as Stewie's giant head was passing an apartment window, and you see it go by from the inside, which I thought was such a great shot. Yeah, very Godzilla-esque. Yeah, it totally took me by surprise. I'm like, what is this? So I sat down, like totally glued to this commercial, right? From there, like Stewie's headbutting underdog. You have to believe that the wind was blowing them around. Right. They're just floating around haphazardly, but it looks like they're vying for the Coke. Yeah, so it looks like you have these like 3,000 foot tall giants battling for soda in the sky. Exactly. It was like they're kaiju, you know, Mm -hmm. but. So eventually the Coke bottle just starts floating up into the sky and they are getting pissed because they can't get to it. Yeah, because right? they don't control their actions and the wind is not cooperating. And then you see someone we know very well. Mm-hmm. His, his head is peeking out from behind a building, the bald head. Could it be of, him? Could it really of, be him? Of one Charlie Brown. <laughs> As he floats up and gets the Coca-Cola. <laughs> it was such a great moment. Charlie Brown never wins anything. This was like such a treat for all of us. <laughs> yes. The whole commercial, in a way, was kind of out of place because you felt like, wait, was this supposed to air during the Thanksgiving Day Parade? And it was, no, it just turned out to be like a great idea for a commercial on the Super Bowl. And it probably cost too much, you know? Yep. So it played during the Super Bowl. And we were all like, man, remember Thanksgiving a couple of months ago? Oh, man, times were so much better. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't negative 12 degrees, yeah. and I, I didn't hate life yeah. back then. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Stewie and Underdog are pissed. Like, you could tell the difference in their faces, which is great, because yeah. they animated their faces. But it, it's such a fantastic commercial, and it just makes me want my mom's stuffing. Um, makes me want it, too. <laughs> Number eight. What? The 80s called. They want their store back. (laughs) It's time for a new Radio Shack. Come see what's possible when we do things together. This one was so up our alley, Jay. 2014, that Radio Shack commercial. Oh my God, yes. Basically, the commercial is like winking at the fact that everyone thinks Radio Shack is stuck in the 80s. Right. You've got these employees standing around this old fashioned Radio Shack with like the wood paneling and the plain walls and like a section for boom boxes. And the phone rings and it's the 80s calling and they want their store back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. It, it, wait, is being stuck in the 80s a bad thing? Because yeah, I was going to say. You and I are like the worst people ever then. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, root, I'm actively rooting against the commercial. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it cuts to a parade of these 80s icons storming the store, tearing oh, apart, and it, it is insane. Like, incredible. Right, the best way I could put it is, you remember the scene in Cabin in the Woods where the monsters yes. get out? In the elevator yeah, and all yeah. that. Like, yeah. This is that, but instead of like dragons and giant spiders and, and whatever else, it's like yeah. Hulk Hogan and Kid and Play. Listen to this lineup. Alf, Mary Lou Retton, yes. Jason Voorhees, Cliff Clavin, Chucky, the California Raisins, D. Snyder, Teen Wolf, Sergeant Slaughter. And that's still not even all of them. Slim Goodbody and the DeLorean and all that shit. It, it, fucking nuts. And like by and large, they actually got the real people. It's not like... A guy dressed like Sergeant Slaughter. It's actually yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. It's actually Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And and not only that, you said D. Snyder. D. Snyder was in his Twisted Sister getup from the eighties. Yeah, like it, like total Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. Twisted yeah. Sister. <laughs> Meanwhile, you didn't mention though they're playing like Lover Boy the whole time. 
Oh, is that what that song's called? I knew how it sounded. I just couldn't remember the name. Yeah, it was perfect. Keep yeah. in mind, this is only like the 30-second version. There's actually a longer version that you can find. Yeah, and and you know what? One thing, too, you, Eric Estrada from Chips. Oh, yes, you're a big fan of <laughs> Chips. I know you got me the Chips color forms for Christmas. Yeah, which is oddly like exactly what you wanted. When I opened that, I felt like I was like a kid again. It was amazing. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because it cost 80 fucking dollars. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> Number nine. Are those Bugle Boys you're wearing? Why, yes, they are Bugle Boys. We thought so. I was very brand-oriented growing up, but back then, when it came to jeans, one brand that I never, ever wore was Bugle Boys. Bugle Boy jeans. <laughs> yeah, the reason why is because they were sort of like a punchline in my circles. You know, they, it felt like they were so cheesy because everyone always would reference their commercials. And it ties into this pick, which is a Bugle Boys commercial starring the Go-Go's from 1991. <laughs> <laughs> so there was an ongoing series of Bugle Boy commercials where they would say, are those Bugle Boy jeans you're wearing, you know? Yep. And everybody kind of used to make fun of it. It became like a punchline. And they would kind of reference it in, in movies and things like that. So this one was a Go-Go's concert. Yep. Okay? Total old school, big time Go-Go's concert. This came out in 1991, and Bugle Boys were a thing already. So it feels like they kind of made it like this is like a really big deal for them, even though to me it was like 10 years after We Got the Beat was a big hit. So the gist of the commercial was that they're rocking out on stage, and then they abruptly bring the song to a halt. And Jane goes over to Belinda, and she whispers something <laughs> into her ear. And Belinda goes back to the mic, and she's like, excuse me, section E, seat 102. Are those Bugle Boys you're wearing? Then the kid answers. They put the spotlight on the oh, kid God, who they called out. this kid. We have to talk about this kid. They shoot the spotlight on him, and his delivery of, why, yes, they are Bugle Boys, is so bad. That it becomes totally amazing, right? It's well, I mean, at the same time, you, you see what he has to work with here. <laughs> I just think he's like the best commercial actor ever, or it was just a happy accident. Yeah. Why, yes, they are Bugle Boys. We thought so. Maybe you waited your whole childhood and teenage years to see them at that point. So you slip into your best puke-colored Bugle Boy jeans, <laughs> your baggy-ass Bugle Boy jeans, and out of nowhere, they stop playing to shine the spotlight on you to ask a question. About your goddamn pants. And of course your voice is going to crack, and yeah. you're going to sound like a goofy idiot. Yeah, and you're, this, you're, this is yeah. kind of nightmarish now that you're putting it this way. Like, oh my god, imagine if that was you, that poor kid. <laughs> Why, yes, they are Bugle Boy jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you called them puke-colored, and you compared them to parachutes. The problem was that he didn't match the rest of his outfit to the <laughs> pants at all. It's like, the pants weren't the problem. If you found the right shirt to go with it, fine. But he's wearing, like, a blue denim vest and a white t-shirt, and then he's got on these completely contrary pants. The other thing, too, to mention is that he was at a Go-Go's concert. It's like, dress the part, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I could have seen the Go-Go's wearing something like that, but not <laughs> this random kid in the audience. Oh, man. He looked like he could have been an extra on Saved by the Bell at that Totally. Point. He was kind of like dressed like a – like he almost looked like Ferris Bueller, but he had yeah. weird pants. But it was like the Charlie Schlatter version of Ferris Bueller. Yes, like from, definitely from the Charlie Schlatter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Number 10. I focused on being prepared. I saved your life by bringing you here. I knew this day would come. It's not safe out there. 
something's coming. So I definitely would not call this one of the all-time great Super Bowl commercials, but it's one that meant almost the most to me. Mm. Back in 2016, we got a new TV spot for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. I I know you became a fan of the movie because we saw it together and you loved it. I don't know how closely you followed the whole marketing campaign. Well, I was a huge fan of Cloverfield, and I saw that in the theaters. But I I never knew that there was like this whole other world that you were following with the ARG and everything like that. But when this came out, I was super pumped because I loved that they went through with the idea that it didn't have to be like a direct sequel to the movie. Right. But that's sort of where I'm going with this is because by that point, nobody knew that. Everyone still thought it was going to be kind of like a direct sequel. So every time they put out a spot or any kind of like online whatever, everyone would be looking for clues of the monster. And this spot premiered at the Super Bowl with new footage. So everyone's like pouring over it in real time, looking for any sign of the monster. Right. Like you hear like people are like, oh, I hear the roar. They use the roar. And it ended up they ended up reusing like a remix of it for the aliens in the actual movie. But at that point, of course, you're assuming that. It's like the total same thing as the first movie. Cloverfield was in the title. So you're like, oh, it's got to be a Cloverfield movie. But then again, you weren't even 100% sure. No, because they never tell you anything. They never say that. It was like, well, is this, is it or not? It could be a 50-50 chance. Well, I mean, I think, and this is like, because they use the roar in this commercial. And I think a couple of people might have been understandably upset that it it was kind of like a more than a little bit of a misdirect. It was kind of a cheat. Yeah. But that movie ended up being so good that it didn't matter. We went to see that in the theater. We did. Right? And I, I was yeah. blown, like, I watched that movie still all the time. I love both of them, but I could watch 10 Cloverfield Lane pretty much any time. Yeah. And the third one is coming out pretty soon. Oh, God. So there's a theory actually floating around that they might unveil a trailer during this year's Super Bowl. That is going to be awesome. I've read the same thing, and I, I hope they do. And, oh, man, that would be so cool. Yeah, it's like, fuck. But, but have you even heard, like, and I I don't want to, like, just sit here and talk about rumors, but mm-hmm. I also read an article that says that it may premiere on Netflix, not in the movie theater. I have heard the same news. I mean, I, all I know is that they're keeping up with the online marketing, the you know, the weird-ass ARG stuff. Yeah. So they're obviously planning for it to come out however it's going to come out, and that's good enough for me. Absolutely. And if it does come out on Netflix, we don't have to deal with idiot people next to us in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> this better have the monster in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you spilling the 80-pound bucket of popcorn all over us. <laughs> oh, I'm not even allowed to have that anymore. Unless they have special Star Wars buckets, then I make an exception. <laughs> What if they have Cloverfield buckets? Then I am never leaving the theater. I'm just going to sit there and eat as much popcorn as I can literally (laughs) handle so I can leave with as many buckets as I can carry. Cloverfield Coke Zero. Oh, my God. Freestyle machine. It would have sort of a mint chocolate flavor. Clover Freestyle machine. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Great pick. I can't wait to see. Now we have a reason to watch the Super Bowl. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I think there's even a 0.005% chance that they're going to put some Cloverfield shit on during the Super Bowl, I am not going to take a piss for like six hours. Oh, man. I will never, ever miss the chance to see that. I'm glad you left off on this because now I have a reason to live and a reason to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. That got me very excited. Yeah, I'm just like, just thinking about seeing Cloverfield stuff during football. My two favorite <laughs> things, finally, together. Your two favorite things, Tom Brady and the Cloverfield monster. Yes. <laughs> so... I think that brings us to our favorite part of the show. Uh, wanna, yeah, let me look. Let me look at yours, and I'll pick the right. best one. Okay. So you had the floating parade balloons fighting over a inflatable Coke bottle. You had <laughs> Michael J. Fox jumping out a window to chase down a can of Diet Pepsi. You had get out of on it, you run. <laughs> you had Darth Vader, kid Darth Vader, moving cars. Yeah. And you had Bugle Boy jeans. Yes. Boy, that is quite a lineup. It, 
It is a lineup. It's a good lineup. Man, jeez. <laughs> I am gonna go with Bugle Boy jeans. Why, yes, they are Bugle Boys. We thought so. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. It's just such a screwball commercial. <laughs> and if anyone is going to check out any commercial that we've talked about, I feel like this is the one. Like now you could easily make fun of the fact that people you say, are oh, those Bugle Boy jeans you're wearing? Like back then it wasn't a joke. That no. was their t that was their whole gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, now that you mention it, you're right. Because, I like, the thought of saying that phrase at school, like, yeah. scary. Yeah, we used to say that all the time just as a goof. Yeah, but, like... you have to make it obvious that you're goofing. Because if you yeah. have any sincerity in that delivery, <laughs> somebody was going to beat you by the oak tree at 3 o'clock. But everybody knew those damn Bugle Boy jeans. <laughs> yep. It was almost like, do you have any great Poupon? <laughs> it was very similar. I had that in my head, too. It's an uh, yeah. effective tag. Yeah, your lineup wasn't too shabby either. So we go from the Bud Bowl to Crystal Pepsi to Radio Shack, 80s called. We've got Cloverfield Lane, Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> I have to, right off the bat, eliminate Pumpy, <laughs> Puppy Monkey Baby. You're just not into that mutant monkey. <laughs> Crystal Pepsi, as much as I love the soda, I can't deal with the commercial. God, you, I never knew you had this Van Hagar thing going. <laughs> yes. For some reason, Van Halen's past never came up between us. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be between the Bud Bowl, Radio Shack, and Cloverfield Lane. All right. Well, I mean, I guess you can knock out Cloverfield. Actually, I was going to knock out Bud Bowl first. Okay, really? Wow, Bud Bowl, I thought that was going to be your pick of the week. <laughs> no, it's actually between Cloverfield and Radio Shack. And I'm, you know, by default, I'll have to go with the 80s Radio Shack commercial just because it's just so incredible. The 80s called. They want their store back. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many people that you love all in one spot. Yeah, it really is. It's like euphoria for a fan of the 80s. Yep. And it wasn't done insultingly. You know, it was done in a way that it really respects that era. And it made you feel like, wow, they really know me. Yeah. So much, so much color and, and sparkle in that group. Yeah. I think that's what we proved tonight. You don't have to be a giant football fan to want to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, I think we'll be there. We'll be kind of taking note for maybe a, a future Purple Stuff podcast 10 years down the line. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is our like senior citizen episodes probably be like five episodes from now. <laughs> well this has been the purple stuff podcast i am jay from the sexy armpit and i am matt from dinosaur dracula we'll see you next time i'm gonna go to disney world Listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.